0: There's a TV show called Mr. Robot. Elliot Alderson, he's the main character. He's a hacker. But he says stuff that always gets me thinking about life, like this. Every day we change the world. But to change the world in a way that means anything, it takes more time than most people have. These are true stories from the dark side of the internet. I'm Jack Recider. This is... Is Darknet Diaries. Support for this show comes from Veronis. Guess how many files the average employee can access on their first day of work? 17 million. V-A-R-O-N-I-S com slash dark Okay, so I like hanging out on Twitter. It seems to be the hot spot for all the people in security. And one guy keeps coming across on my Twitter feed. His name is Elliot Alderson. Hmm. That's the same name as the main hacker guy on the TV show Mr. Robot. A fictional character. He has the same Mr. Robot image in his avatar, too. And his username is F Society. Is this some sort of gimmick account? No. He's posting real and useful information about reverse engineering. Hmm. Whoa, Elliot Alderson on Twitter has 120,000 followers? Jeez, who is this guy? I had to find out. So I called him up.
1: Uh, mon nom is Baptiste Robert, je suis chercheur en security. Oh.
0: Well, he's French. And he said his name is Robert Baptiste.
1: You can call me Baptiste
0: Robert or idiot. Or we can call him Elliot. He's got a double identity. And this double identity is really fascinating. So I think it's time we get to know Robert Baptiste or Elliot Alderson on Twitter.
1: I try to be good at Android and especially uh reverse uh, reverse Android application and find vulnerability in Android application. Hmm.
0: Robert is from Paris and sometimes it's a little hard to understand, so I might have to step in and sort of translate for him. Basically, Robert's expertise is in Android applications and he loves reverse engineering them.
1: When I see something cool, a new application, I'm trying to find some vulnerability or some, some issue with the, with the app.
0: Robert likes to pick on Android, since that's what he's most familiar with.
1: I started my career uh, as a-
0: He started his career as an Android developer and spent years creating Android applications. Then he dug deeper and started working on the Android open source project.
1: The OSPs.
0: And this allowed him to create custom variants of Android itself. But as his career went on, he eventually switched to security, specifically looking for vulnerabilities in apps.
1: In order to find vulnerabilities, everywhere
0: then he actually started his own company and he has clients who make apps and then he tries to reverse engineer them to make them do things that they shouldn't be doing all this is fine and good for robert it's not a big deal at all but sometimes he gets bored and becomes elliot alderson and decides he wants to hack into something so he starts grabbing anything that looks interesting from the google play store and just starts testing the apps himself Now, one of the Twitter accounts that Robert likes to follow is the Fox News account. Don't ask me why. And on one day, they tweeted something that caught his attention.
1: I saw a tweet from from, uh, Fox. It was three hours after the release of Donald Daters. The tweet was
0: talking about a new Android application called Donald Daters. Basically, it's a dating app specifically for people who like Donald Trump. So Robert turned into Elliot and downloaded this app to see if he could have some fun with it. Android apps are bundled in what's called an APK file. It's sort of like a zip file. In this, it contains the executables, the graphics, the sound, the whole app. It's all packaged in this file. Elliot moved the APK from his phone to the computer, then he extracted the files from the APK and decompiled the app. This showed him a file called AndroidManifest.xml. In there, he saw what database they were using.
1: Yeah, I, I just looked at the Android app, and um, in order to, to, to create a database, they use Firebase uh, Database Real-Time, which is a service um, uh, offered by Google.
0: Firebase is an online database. For this app, all user data was stored in this online database. Okay, good to know. Next, Elliot looks at values stringsxml this file might contain some extra information about this app. And sure enough, it contained both the Firebase URL and the keys used to access it. Now, Elliot knows Firebase really well. and He's created a few apps using this and is familiar with it. And he knows that Firebase doesn't really require a key or a password to read or write to the database. Instead, Firebase is configured with a set of permit and allow rules on the Google side. Only people matching these conditions can read or write into the database. So right away, Elliot took this Firebase URL that he found in the app, and tried to see if he could see what's in the Donald Daters database.
1: It took me like five minutes to to get the old database because uh, they keep the debug settings. So they kept the debug settings on, so it was pretty easy to, to get everything, so. Whoa, what? Within five minutes, Elliot has gained
0: access to the entire Donald Daters database. I had access to Everything, all the messages, all the people details. and All usernames, all private messages between people and all the user details. Yeah. This is crazy. The database had no security on it at all to keep anyone from just reading through the entire database. So Elliot was seeing everything. Now to you and I, this might have been a big moment for us.
1: We got in, whoa, this is a rush. But for Elliot,
2: hmm.
1: uh, uh, This one, it's fine. I mean, I have better moment than this one. And I think that might be because this
0: app was so new. It was only one day old at the time when he broke into it, so it didn't really have that many users yet. It just wasn't that big of a deal, you know? And maybe this is typical, because he's seen a lot, too. So since it wasn't that hard, the feeling wasn't that great. But Elliot was curious anyway, and looked through the database to see what's in there. There were 1,607 users at the time, and out of them, there were only 128 matches that had taken place so far. Okay. He looked at the messages between the matches that were sent between each other. The longest message exchanged he found was 62 messages sent back and forth between two people within the Donald Dater's app. But as he looked closer, he learned it was a conversation between two developers of the app. So Elliot started downloading some of the content from this database, and he grabbed all of the profile pictures that users had for their dating accounts and started posting them to Twitter. His tweet said, Hi, Fox News and Donald Trump supporters, you should not use this app. Within five minutes, I managed to get a list of all the people registered, all their names, all their photos, personal messages, and a token to steal their sessions. He then went on to post a bunch of slightly blurred photos of the users of the site, proving he had access to it. Now, Elliot is known for stuff like this. This is why he has such a huge Twitter following. And of course, tech journalists watch what he's tweeting too and they saw this. Within two hours of his tweet, Vice's motherboard wrote a story about this and how the Donald Daters app is exposing its users' data. And shortly after that, TechCrunch wrote an article saying the database has been leaked. For any respectable company, this would have been a huge problem. This is what we call the B word, a breach. A hacker broke in and took the database. But what's more is that anyone can get in and see the database with just a single URL. Seriously, this entire hack is just visiting a single URL. And here's the actual URL donalddaters2018.firebaseio.com slash dot If you went to that URL, you would see the entire database. There was zip for permission and security there. No key was needed. You didn't have to bypass anything. There was no authentication that was defeated. Just the URL extracted from the strings file in the APK. Um, you know, the developer didn't ask you to find vulnerabilities in this. Uh, but you went and you found a vulnerability. Did you feel like that was crossing a line? Um,
1: no, in in my opinion, no, because uh, I'm not uh, I'm not looking at this vulnerability uh, with a malicious intent. My goal is never to to use this kind of vulnerability as a mali- uh, as a malicious actor. So what I'm doing, uh, I'm trying to help them, and I'm trying to help their users and uh in general uh the contact is quite good with uh the companies and and because they understand they have an issue and they want to fix uh this issue so everybody is happy to discuss and it it's fine and for me you don't cross a line when you find a vulnerability uh, like this because you try to uh to help the company but if you Use this vulnerability to earn money. If you use this vulnerability to, I don't know, to because you want some fame or something like this, uh, this is bad and you are crossing the line. Now, I'm confused
0: because you, it looked like when I saw this news, it looked to me like you were trying to make fun, like trying to embarrass this company, right? And now you just told me that you're here to help this company and to help this users. So did you like this company or did you not like this company?
1: Uh, uh, I don't have an opinion on, on the companies uh, um, where I'm looking for uh, vulnerabilities. Uh, I don't like Donald Eitos, but um, I'm not, I, I, you you see that you um, see that you like see what this. I
0: mean, right? You you're not quite helping users yeah, yeah, if you're really you're really you know making fun of them. Uh,
1: why it's not a problem? I mean, uh, you can do you can do both, and uh, uh, people need to understand that you can help a company, you can protect the user data, but at the same time you can sort of public shaming the company, uh, and you can do both. It's And for me, it's not a problem. You can publicly say, OK, this company has a big issue. This is a scandal because they kept the deb- debug setting on Firebase. And this is this is stupid. Uh, but at the same time, you did the job. You protect the data of their user. And yeah, that's fine.
0: This is quite fascinating to me. So let me pose some rhetorical questions for you, the listener. He claims that it's okay for him to do this because he doesn't have malicious intent. Is the intention enough to consider this to be okay? Do you think he's embarrassing them or helping them? Maybe a little bit of both? After all this exploded in the media, the owner of the application decided to have a chat with Elliot.
1: I discussed with uh, some members of the company and they thanked me uh, in private. And they uh, thanked me in pu- in public with their official handle on, on Twitter. So they were quite happy uh, because uh, they said, oh yes, we, we did a big mistake and we are happy that it's happening right now and not uh, when our database uh, will, will be bigger.
0: And that was that. Everything got cleaned up and that story is over. And after the break, we'll hear some other adventures that Elliot got himself involved in. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by the Jordan Harbinger Podcast. Here's a clip from one of his episodes.
3: You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show, where I speak with the infamous Firefest Billy McFarland from inside federal prison, where he's serving six years for fraud and on the hook for $26 million in restitution. This call is from
2: William McFarland,
3: an inmate at a federal prison. Is this the new Billy that we're hearing, or are you the same Billy that tried to pull off the fire Festival?
2: When I think about the mistakes that were made and what happened. There's no way I can just describe it other than what the fuck was I thinking. I was wrong, and I hope now that I can, in some small way, make a positive impact.
3: Once you knew that the festival wasn't gonna go as planned, why didn't you call it off?
2: So a lot of people don't know, but the decision to cancel the festival was made when I was told that three people had died at the event. Thankfully, no one was actually physically hurt in any way. But up until the last second, I believed incorrectly we could pull it off, and obviously I was wrong. We had something called the Urgent Daily Payments Document. Essentially, it was a list of payments that we had to make that day, or else the festival couldn't proceed. In the couple of months leading up to the event, it went from a couple thousand dollars a day to a few million dollars a day, where I had to wake up at 9 in the morning, find $3 million by noon, and then make the payments by 4.
3: For more with Billy McFarland, including lessons learned on the inside and his plans once he's served the time he agrees he rightly deserves, check out episode 422 of The Jordan Harbinger Show.
0: For this next part, we need to understand what Adhar is. And to do that, I'm going to call up a listener of mine in India. Hello, can you hear me? Am I audible to you? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. What's up? How's it going? Um, I'm doing a story about, uh, somebody founding, finding security weaknesses in Adhar. So I want to understand more about Adhar.
4: Yeah. You're talking about that guy, Elliot Anderson on Twitter? Yes. Uh, Of course. Why not? He's famous in India.
0: Jeez. Of course. Elliot is famous worldwide. France, the U.S. No, India. Okay. So Adhar, this is a card that everyone in India carries with them in their wallet or purse. It's sort of like a social security card in the U.S.
4: Kind of same thing as Adhar. So Adhar is basically um, an identity, which now our government is linking to each and every document that we have. Each and every, like, you know, um, if you're getting going to get a SIM card, you need to have your Adhar link to it. Wait, so if, if I want to get a bank
0: account. Oh my gosh, so you're saying if I want to yeah. get a cell phone or a bank account, I have to show them yeah. my Adhar account card, yeah. which then links yeah. that to yeah. me. Yeah,
4: exactly. So whatever thing you're using nowadays, like if you talk about your cell phone service, internet service, you have a credit card, you have your bank account, or maybe you have a gas connection, even that counts in it i mean whatever things you're getting from the government or maybe semi government bodies, you need to get give your get your ad linked with it so that's what they're doing and uh, since it is linked to very info sensitive information so there's
0: uh, that's why it's like highly vulnerable okay i think we know enough about adhar now let's go back to elliot yes so why i mean this you're in france yeah adhar is in india why do you care about this issue uh,
1: it, first uh, i didn't know about other uh, two years ago and uh, one of my followers uh, multiple followers came to me on the uh, Say, "Oh you should look at the other Android application. you will find some issue." And I did. I did. I found like five or six different issues in, in their application. And I started to, to learn more about the whole program, and I was, I was like, eh, this is not possible. this is horrible in terms of security. Uh, the biometric data of people are in danger, and every they don't care and uh also it's not because i'm living in france that uh i should not i should not care about this because we will have something like this pretty soon uh in france i was discussing with uh someone in the french government and they want to implement something pretty similar in france so it other will give some idea to european uh, countries so this is why we, we need to stay vigilant and we need to to advise government to to, uh, to tell them okay if you want to have a number be careful because as you can see in in india they have a lot of issues they made they made these mistakes and don't do the same mistakes
0: As Elliot learned more about Adhar, the more he didn't like it. He started reading up on it more and more and learned everything he could about it. One news article stood out for him.
1: That uh, someone with a fake car and uh, only with the correct photo and uh, the Adhar number managed to open some new phone line, managed to use some service uh, for another person. Someone created
0: a fake photo and used another person's Aadhaar number and opened a credit card for that other person. This story made it clear to Elliot that Aadhaar numbers should never be posted publicly because someone can assume your identity and do things in your name. But more so, your phone is tied to this number and your bank account and other things. Maybe your house too. And if the underlying system to Adhar is weak and exposes too much information about someone, this can have horrible consequences
1: they have to uh, be very careful uh, about this. And uh, this is like, uh, you have this also in the US, uh, the social security number. Uh, you don't publish your social security number online. Uh, I, in France, you cannot find uh, your identity uh, card. It's super complicated in France to find another identity card. In India, you can find... Uh, thousand of ADHAR cards. And they have to consider uh, this ADAR number, this other card, like a identity card, like a social security number, and they don't this is a personal data and they they shouldn't share it uh, publicly.
0: So as Elliot is researching this, he decides to challenge himself. He decided to see how many ADHAR numbers he could find publicly in three hours. These would be numbers that maybe someone tweeted about or posted or put on a website. And he wasn't sure how he'd find them or where he'd find them, but he wanted to know how many of these were exposed to anyone on the internet.
1: It was pretty easy to, to find other uh, cards um, online uh, because, because everybody was asking to Indian uh, they add our cards and nobody uh, secures the data. So what I did is with some, uh, some pretty Google search uh, query, I, I found a lot of other cards and after that I, I create an automatic uh, scrapper in order to retrieve all the data automatically. And like this, I managed to find thousands and thousands of cards.
0: Keep in mind, not a single one of these Aadhaar card numbers should be publicly exposed. Yet he was finding a bunch, and he was live tweeting this entire challenge. His first search, he found 25 cards. Then he refined his search and was able to find a huge list of 18,000 Aadhaar numbers. Then he tweeted that he found a few more here and a few more there, then another dump of 500 more cards, and then he found 700 more. Within three hours, Elliot found 20,000 ADHAR numbers listed publicly online for anyone to see who would just do this simple Google search. This was bad.
1: Uh, yes, and I, if I remember correctly, there was another center uh, of the government. So one of the instances I found uh, was as, was owned by the place where people are going in order to create another card. And this is why uh, there was uh, so much card in it.
0: Jeez, even the place that makes Adhar cards was leaking information. After this challenge, Elliot put his Google searches and Python script onto his GitHub account and published it for everyone to see how they can find their own Adhar numbers online. And at this point, the Indian government started to take notice
1: of Elliot's tweets. Uh, Yes, (laughs) they (laughs) did. They uh, remove everything Uh, At least, uh, I think, two days or three days after that. Crazy. Elliot is sort of like an internet vigilante.
0: Helping a little there, embarrassing a little here. Wherever he goes, security does seem to get better. Elliot kept poking around in India, checking out the scene, learning the culture. The prime minister of India is Narendra Modi. And he has his own website, narendramodi.in. Elliot went to this website and inspected it a little. He discovered a vulnerability on it, which allowed him to upload whatever file he wanted to their site. This was definitely not good for the prime minister's website to have a vulnerability. So what's Elliot do? He tweets it. His tweet said, hi, at Narendra Modi. A security issue has been detected on your website. An anonymous source uploaded a text file containing my name to your website. He also has full access to your database. You should contact me in private and start a security audit ASAP. And Elliot posted a screenshot of the text file that magically appeared on the prime minister's website.
1: After that, the the, the office of um, Narendra Modi contacted me and these guys were pretty friendly, and uh, the contact was good, and they tried to understand what was the issue.
0: You hear that? This absolutely boggles my mind. Elliot apparently hacked into the prime minister's website and then tweeted about it, and he was called by their office, and then Elliot describes the experience as they were friendly and it was cool. Other hackers might have had a really hard time doing this, and I just wonder why Elliot is able to get away with this. Is it because of so many Twitter followers he has or the intent that makes it okay? His history of doing this? It's just so strange to me. Hacking into someone else's websites and apps should be illegal, right? But he's perfectly fine doing it and being open about it. I mean, yeah, he goes by Elliot online, but you heard him at the top of the show say his real name, Robert Baptiste. He's not hiding from anyone while he does all this. No wonder it's so exciting to watch his Twitter account. Now, as you might have guessed, there are factions within India. Some people like the Aadhaar system and think it's great. Others don't. There's a government official named R.S. Sharma. He's the chairman of India's Telecom Regulatory Authority. And this isn't the agency that handles the Aadhaar numbers, but instead it deals with telecom stuff. Okay, fine. But one day, R.S. Sharma, a government official, got tired of hearing people complain about Aadhaar, and he tweeted something. R.S. Sharma wrote, quote, my Adhar number is 7621 Now I give this challenge to you. Show me one concrete example where you can do any harm to me. Oh my gosh. R.S. Sharma, you are about to meet Elliot Alderson.
1: Uh, people help me. So a lot of people send me information. On, but we did it and we managed to find almost everything uh, on him pretty easily. Like what? Uh, Like uh, his uh, personal details, so his address, his name, his personal photos with his wife, with his kids, his phone number, uh, everything.
0: Elliot started posting a flood of tweets. First, this guy's phone number, then the phone number of his secretary, then his email address, and then Elliot checked his email in haveibeenpwned.com. And yep, the email was in a breach as well. Then Elliot used the Adhar number to figure out his WhatsApp profile picture and posted that. Then his date of birth, then his home address. And Elliot somehow checked to see if there was a bank account tied to this Adhar number, but there wasn't.
1: Doxing is very, very, very bad and people shouldn't do it. So I only publish a uh, uh, redacted uh, screenshot and I tried to remove all his personal details. I just wanted to show him that we have, uh, we had his info. That's all. So the goal was really not to, to publish uh, his details. And um, this is not doxing. The goal was not to dox it, him.
0: Just in case you didn't make that out, Elliot was blacking out the actual details in these tweets. He's just showing enough information to prove that he had the info. Elliot and his followers were using a combination of open source research like scouring Google, but also exploiting some of the weaknesses in Adhar itself. At this point, RS Sharma saw Elliot's tweets.
1: I think this guy was surprised uh, because he he was convinced that, yeah, he, he was convinced that nobody will manage to find something. So I think he was surprised and few days after that, he say, uh, he tried to, to say, no, you, you shouldn't publish your other number, but, uh, hackers didn't manage to find my personal data through my other number. So it means, uh, they find my personal details because I am a public person. So it means, uh, ADAR is safe which is which is partially false uh, because uh, there was some of the information has been found with some uh, other vulnerability.
0: From the looks of Aris Sharma's tweets after this, it doesn't look like he learned his lesson. Just to give you an example, his tweet where his Adhar number is posted publicly is still up for anyone to see right now.
1: I received a, um, a direct message on Twitter on a guy from India told me mm, I think I found something interesting but I you should look at this uh, I don't have any details but yeah just look at this he sent me he sent me a, a URL the URL was a website called
0: Indane it's a gas company in India and they serve 90 million families and have 9000 distributors
1: when I look at the URL uh, in the in the code, there was uh, there was uh, other numbers uh, of uh, Indane users. And what I did is I managed to modify the URL in order to find all the distributors uh, of uh, Indane. And with that, uh, I. I wrote uh, an automatic scraper in order to do my request automatically and like this, I managed to get uh, millions of ADHAR numbers. By just
0: tweaking the URL in the website to try different combinations, he found that one of the URLs exposed millions of ADHAR numbers, all without authentication or using an exploit to bypass. Just if you know the right URL, it'll give it all to you. Elliot knew this was a big deal, and this company should not be leaking possibly millions of Aadhaar numbers like this. So he contacted a journalist to work together on this one.
1: My goal, on, I was working with a journalist at the same time, so we we wanted to understand how big was this breach, and uh, I was looking regularly, yes, uh, the result in order to to find how many, how many other uh, numbers. Uh, were leaked and um, the goal was not to get the data. Uh, I didn't I didn't retrieve the data. I just wanted to see how many uh, Adhar numbers were available. He created a scraper to go through the
0: website to try to understand how many numbers were leaked. And after this script ran, he had the total number of Adhar numbers exposed. It was 6,700,000.
1: Which is a big number.
0: <laughs> what What did you do with this information?
1: Uh, I directly shared the information with a journalist, and together we try to contact in Dane in order to fix the issue. But uh, the problem with this kind of very, very big companies, uh, nobody is answering you. So we wait a little bit. And uh, after that, uh, Zach from Tech, TechCrunch published a story, and two hours later, uh, the problem was fixed.
0: Two hours later, the problem was fixed. <sighs> Whoa, this guy's crazy. I'm sure he never is going to go to India. He's ruined his reputation there. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's not, no, it's not like that actually, to be honest. Like, he's kind of a hero. I find him like a heroic personality because he, just open our uh, open the eyes. Like he made us aware, like how vulnerable it is, and how stupid this idea is of like getting an ad heart.
0: I Actually, got a chance to meet Elliot in person this year at Def Con, of course, which I just realized is in Paris, in Vegas. Hm, right at home for him, I suppose. Together, we sat and watched a conference talk together, and then chatted for a while. He really does seem like a great guy with good intent, willing to give free security assessments to anyone he finds interesting, and to help people understand the risks of poorly built websites and applications. And after talking with him, I do get a better sense of what all this is about. Elliot's a busy guy, always looking for the next thing to do, and he's endlessly curious. He loves looking for problems, but then when he finds them, he just wants to forget about them and move on. And the easiest way for him to forget about it is just to publish it and let someone else deal with it. It's like he's transferring consciousness. Oh man, I sound hippy-dippy on that one. But yeah, he finds this problem, it's in his head, he tweets it, and this lets him forget it, and now it's in someone else's head to deal with. This lets him move on to the next thing more quickly. Earlier this year, Elliot was where he naturally hangs out, on Twitter. And he checked to see what Fox News was posting that day, and he saw another interesting app.
1: Like... Like Donald details. I saw um, an ad, I think, on, on, on the Fox News uh, Twitter account. And I was like, OK, maybe I can try to find something on it. So I downloaded the application.
0: This was an Android app, and it was called 63 Red. It was an app that's exactly like Yelp, but for people who like Donald Trump. I'm not exactly sure why they need their own apps like this. What makes them so special? But yeah, this is another one of those apps. And of course, Elliot decides to take a look at it.
1: Um, Very quickly, I managed to find a big vulnerability in their API. So
0: an Android app can be made two ways. You can write code for it and compile the program to run, or you can just make the app in HTML5 using JavaScript. And it will run just like a website would. It'll look like an app, but it's actually just like a website underneath. And because the app was made like this, Elliot was able to see all the JavaScript used to create this website app. And in there, he found the database URL and API keys to access it. This really is as safe as writing your password on a postcard. You just turn the card over to see the password. Or in this case, right click, view source, and you see the
1: password. There was no authentication uh, process so everybody has the ability to modify uh, to, to do whatever they want so you were able to ban an account to make uh, to create some friendship between account to create a, as much account as you want you you were able to do whatever you you want and also there were some hard-coded credentials multiple times on the source code Elliot found
0: this URL and the API keys, which gave him full read-write access to this entire database. You want to give yourself 1,000 five-star reviews? No problem, done. You want the email addresses of all the users? Okay, here. What Elliot found gave him full control of the database.
1: When I found the vulnerability, so I tried everything in order to see if I, to confirm the vulnerability, and after that, I, I didn't contact the company. And I directly publish the some screenshot on of the vulnerability on, on Twitter, and uh, I try to redact uh, the maximum uh, I I could on on the screenshot. After that, uh, the guy from 63. Um, Red were pretty angry and they uh, threatened me to call the FBI and so yeah, (laughs) It it was not good.
0: Aha, see, I knew this was illegal. I knew this was gonna happen, right? You break into someone else's stuff, you hack their database, you post it on Twitter. Yeah, sure, it's redacted, but it's also proof that you were there. This is going too far, it's breaking the law. And sure enough, the 63 Red team did see it that way. They claimed to have called the FBI to report a, quote, politically motivated attack. Hmm. And they said they want, quote, this perpetrator will be brought to justice and we will pursue this matter and all attacks, failed or otherwise, to the utmost extent of the law, end quote. Elliot put his hand in the fire too
1: many times. Now he's getting burned. Yes and no. I mean, uh, someone has to do this job. And uh, uh, people have to understand. They have to understand that, and people and companies have to understand that. Uh, security researchers, hackers are not bad guys, and we are here to help. And uh, the infosec community in general is here to help companies. And we are working in companies. We this is what we are doing as a job, and we are not here to 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 destroy uh, their business. And uh, uh, this is never good to react uh, like this, like uh, 63 Red did, uh, because you are uh, f- threaten. A security researcher is very, very bad, and it's giving a, a very bad signal uh, to the community. And if someone is finding a vulnerability in your system in your company, uh, you have to thank him and say, "Okay, thank you for for finding this," and you. You you save me some money because maybe uh, someone with bad intention uh, will uh, maybe f- already find it on will find it and will use it for another pu- purpose. So we are the bad guy and uh, we are the good guy. Sorry, in this in this story. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip in there, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what
0: I think a lot of listeners are going to wonder if you're a good guy or a bad guy.
1: Yeah. yeah, No. Um. This is very important. I'm very a good guy, and I I don't earn money uh, with that. And this is important uh, because this work has to be done. uh, By someone need to do this work. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's still it's still funny to me that if you if you're not a Trump supporter, you don't like Trump, and you're there to help. People do security research for free. Basically, you're doing it after on Trump's, uh, you know, pro-Trump stuff. Like, <laughs> you know.
1: Well, I, I just uh, this is a partial view for me uh, uh, because uh, yes, I found vulnerability in uh, two uh, pro-Trump application, but you just have to give me other uh, U.S. American uh application and i will be happy to find other vulnerability mm-hmm. it was just it was just an opportunity but my work is way bigger than this uh i'm not a political opponent uh of trump uh, i'm not doing politics and i'm not even living in the us so i don't care about trump at all uh Yes, I found vulnerability in pro-Trump apps, but yeah, give me application of Democrat and I, w- I will be happy to find a vulnerability in it. And this is what I did in India, too. I managed to find vulnerability in application of both sides. So I don't care about uh, the political side of uh, of the owner. And and you
0: don't care. I mean, you, you say your name. I mean, you told me just at the beginning of the show, Robert. Yes and you don't care that that's open as well?
1: Uh, yes, I mean, I'm a public person uh, for two years, no. I was on TV uh, in the US, and I was on national TV in the US, in Canada, in India, in France, so I'm a public person, so I'm not doing bad stuff, and this is why, uh, I'm not a bad guy, I'm really trying to do good things, and. I'm doing good things publicly, and this is really my action. I'm trying to spread the message. Security is important. Uh, hackers, InfoSec community is here to help, and we are not afraid, we are not hiding. Uh, we are here to communicate about security, to to find issues, and we have no reason to hide. I did nothing wrong, so I don't have any reason to, to hide on my items. well. I mean, from the where the laws
0: is, you're not allowed to access equipment that's not yours.
1: Uh, this is n- this is not black and white in your in Europe, for example. Uh, if uh, your intent is to find, if you want to find vulnerabilities, uh, if your purpose is to find sec- security issues, there is some exception. You you have the right. Wait. what? And what I'm doing is not, uh, I'm not hacking stuff. I'm finding vulnerability, but I, I'm not exploiting this vulnerability. Uh, there is a difference between finding a vulnerability and extracting data uh, with this vulnerability. And my goal is just to to point out, to point the f- finger on this vulnerability, and th- that's all. I'm not getting the user data, never uh, um, I I don't care about user data. Well, do you ever get af- do you ever
0: get f- afraid? Like when sixty three red said we're going to contact the FBI. Did that scare you or anything?
1: I um, I was not afraid, but I was not happy because uh, this is not cool. And uh, the goal is again the goal is to have a uh, a conversation on security. The goal is to help the companion. W- when the guys are angry like this it's it's a problem because we cannot discuss and i don't like that
0: so what did, did anything happen after that after they threatened
1: fbi did no nothing happened okay. they they remove the application from from the store uh but uh but they have like three or four different applications and people find those of vulnerability in it they contact uh 63 red but they did nothing do you get an
0: adrenaline rush when you find these vulnerabilities?
1: Uh, you, I'm start to, to use to this kind of thing. So I published a lot of things and I managed to find a lot of cool uh, vulnerability like this. So, but you still, you, you have a, a specific feeling. You know that you have something interesting. Uh, this is something cool. This is something you shouldn't have. In theory, and uh, you you are excited, but at the same time, you know that you cannot do uh, you have to be careful with that. and you need to be responsible,
0: yeah. it sounds like it sounds like you have a lot of responsibility because of that, you know, like you you keep finding vulnerability after vulnerability from companies that don't ask you to find these vulnerabilities. So you're in a sense, you're a little bit black hat
1: no no i i will i would not say that uh i am a um i'm more a gray hat in reality uh, because a black hat is a guy who have malicious intent and uh he, i want this to be clear i never earn money with the vulnerability i found never ever and uh my intent are never malicious, so this is why I'm, I'm not a black hat. But as you said, uh, I don't have the authorization, an explicit authorization to find uh, this kind of vulnerability. So we, you can consider me between the white hat and the gray hat, something like this.
0: Yeah, it sounds to me like you're a vigilante. <laughs> I don't know. At this point, I'm baffled on what to think. I still believe if a company does not ask you to do this and they don't have a bug bounty program and you actively go and search for vulnerabilities and then post what you found on Twitter, this is against the law. But maybe things are different in Europe. But even so, I've seen him personally in Las Vegas where he's freely coming and going in and out of the U.S. without being arrested or any charges against him. Typically, people commit computer crimes because of economic benefits, power, revenge, adventure, ideology, or lust. But none of these actually match what Elliot is doing. He's saying he's helping people secure their apps better by hacking them and telling them he did it. He doesn't ask for a reward of any kind or any special recognition. He just does it and tells the company how vulnerable they are. It's rather odd to me, But in the end, I do believe what he's doing is good for everyone. Somebody needs to be doing this, and it should be the companies who do this work. But since they don't, he sometimes takes it on himself. And I'm still not sure if Robert Baptiste, a.k.a. Elliot Alderson, is famous or infamous. big thank you to Robert Baptiste for sharing some of these crazy stories with us. Of course, you can find him on Twitter as Elliot Alderson and his name there is F Society. Good luck out there, Elliot. The devil is strongest when you're looking the other way, like a program running in the background silently. Also, a big thanks to Terabyte for being boots on the ground for me in India and teaching us all about Adhar. It was really cool. This show is created by me, The Dark Rose, Jack Cider. and editing help this episode by our in-house Root Kid writer, Damien, And our theme music is created by DJ Mobley's apprentice, Breakmaster Cylinder. And even though the dark army starts following me for days every time I say it, this is Darknet Diaries.